Welcome to Have Some Style. My name is Moshe Lundstrom-Halbert. I'm a fashion journalist and style expert, and I believe that what you wear is self-care. This brand new show discusses all matters of personal style and helps you find yours. So forget trends, lose the logos, burn the chinos, and break the damn rules. Let's experiment and evolve. It's time to wear the clothes and not the other way around. I want to inspire you to explore what makes you feel like your truest self, because authenticity never goes out of style. If you're looking for a show that tells you to buy something to be relevant or that what you currently own and love is trash, there's a new trend that you must hop on every week, this is certainly not that. I believe that we are drawn to people who have a natural and innate ability to listen to their instincts, follow their gut, stay curious, and dress accordingly. After all, we're inundated with media and messaging these days that it's causing what I view as a homogenization in the way many of us dress. So together, let's take a step back and get very intentional with what we wear, how we present, how we show up in the world, and the energy we send out via our fashion. So if that interests you, please go ahead and follow and subscribe to the show. We'll continue on this journey together. So on to today's topic investment dressing. We hear about that all the time, right? But what does it actually mean? If you think about it, we all want to make really good choices when it comes to what we wear, how we consume, and how we shop. So today, let's discuss some various approaches when it comes to investment dressing. We're also going to discuss where to spend and where to save to really maximize your budget, category by category in your wardrobe. After all, most of us do not have endless amounts of disposable income to just spend willy-nilly. No, we work really hard for our money and we want to make sure that when we do spend it on something, be it a treat, a luxury, or an everyday essential, that we're getting the most bang for our buck. I also thought it was really important to touch on this today because I don't know if you've realized, but we're in a moment of, well, of course you've realized, extreme inflation. Costs of everything from milk at the grocery store to real estate have just skyrocketed as of late for a variety of reasons. And it's making everything more expensive, including clothes and accessories. So with that in mind, I thought it was a great opportunity to really look piece by piece at your wardrobe, at those closet essentials, and make those hard decisions, but clear ones about where you want to spend and where you want to save. So we're really going to look at your closet today like you would a stock portfolio. I think it's important that we distinguish the difference between a number of principles that you can really ask yourself when you are shopping and also looking in your closet or when you are considering if you would like to get something. There is a difference between quality and value. And I want you to really think about those two principles, those two words, quality and value. Just because something is expensive or a designer brand does not always mean that it's the best quality in that category. For instance, it's not just the brand or that it says made in Italy or made in France in it, although sometimes they can be a little bit tricky with those labels and it's just that certain parts are from those countries. They're actually assembled overseas in other regions. When something is a very high quality, the indicators of such are a really considered fit. Beautiful, high quality, durable, 
more delicate, but still with an element of luxury materials. The construction, the design integrity, these are all signs of quality. And you want to make sure you don't get fooled just by a really outlandish design or a splashy name. Recently, I had been coveting for months and months this pair of really dramatic combat boots that had an extreme platform and they had broguing on them and they had pearl embellishment on the toe. They were really like this kind of kitchen sink combat boot, like nothing I had ever seen. And I had been searching for a combat boot that felt like me. You know, that's one of my tenants. If you are, you know, embracing a trend, you want to make sure that you're not just getting the piece that you're seeing on everyone because you're seeing on everyone and you're being programmed to think that you want and need it. No, but that you're interpreting it through your own filter, your own lens, and you're finding a version of that piece that is catching your eye that feels truly you. So I found it in these boots because they were punk, but they were kind of like Like if Princess Diana was going to wear like a combat boot, this would be the type that she would have worn. Do you know what I mean? And they were by a a designer based in London. I won't say who. I stocked these boots online as I'm wont to do. They were quite expensive, more than I wanted to spend on a boot that I wasn't sure how much I would wear because they were a bit out there. So, you know, I'm thinking about like the cost per wear. And I'm also thinking... These are a really unique design that I've not seen everywhere, that I've not seen every influencer um, sporting. So because of that, I thought there's a very good chance that these are going to go on sale because they're not for everyone. They don't have everyone's name on them. They have my name on them and I need them. So lo and behold, I think it was Black Friday. I got them on over 50% off and there was a last one left in my size and I scooped them up and eagerly anticipated their arrival. Well, these boots came, and at first glance, I they took my breath away. They were so good. I had tried on like a shorter version of them before, but never the full-blown boot. And so naturally, I'm looking at the quality of like, the leather was really nice. The broguing detail was beautiful. The placement of the pearl embellishment on the toe was just just perfect. They weren't too heavy, which I really liked. Like that's something else that I'll think about too with quality. Like just because something looks bulky doesn't mean you want it to have like a really heavy weight. Great quality these days, they're able to innovate and find materials and construction where it still has a lighter hand to it. Anyways, so these boots looked really clunky, but they weren't so heavy. And I was just so excited by them. And I was like, I'm going to be able to dress these up and down. I'm going through, cause you know, in my, in an earlier video, I did like the rule of threes. Uh, I'm going through th- at least three different, four different, five different, but you got to have at least three outfits that I can wear with these boots. So I'm getting really excited, but then I go and, you know, do the, uh, the old try them on at home thing. And even in the comfort of my own home, these boots were cutting into the front of my foot in a way that was impeding me being able to do the, you know, kind of required task of footwear, which is walk. I couldn't really walk in them without this sharp pain in the front of my foot where the leather was digging in and it had to do with the construction because these boots were all laced up. You know, it it was, they were very much 
form above function. I don't think in the sampling and fit process that they had probably been fully vetted. They were more of a runway style that clearly weren't very popular. And I couldn't wear them. I was heartbroken. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try just an hour just around my house. Maybe I can break them in or the leather will soften a little bit. But no, the, the leather was actually like a matte patent. You know, when leather has that glossy finish, but it's not shiny, but it's just spiffy. That's a matte patent, which I love because it's very easy to clean. It's super durable and it ages really well, making it a better investment. But they didn't meet my requirement to fit and that and wearability. So those had to go back. And it's a really good example that just because you get something on sale or just because something is a designer brand or just because you love the look of it, if the fit and if the construction are flawed, it's really not a good investment and it's not worth it. And then on the flip side, the other day, a friend of mine attended a party in the most beautiful Miu Miu crystal covered jeans that were absolutely stunning and they really caught my eye. And I don't wear like really basic denim. I'm not like a basic jeans and t-shirt kind of person. Usually if I am wearing jeans, there's like a special element to their design, be it in the wash, the fit, or I I love embellished denim. I don't know why it's like the sort of wannabe tacky pop star in me or something. I don't know. I love a denim with a bit of razzle dazzle. And this, these were like denim meets a chandelier in one. And I was so intrigued by what Miu Miu was doing with this collection of all these interpretations of like high fashion denim that uh, when I was running errands the other day and there was a Miu Miu store nearby, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pop in. I really don't need or probably can't afford these crystal covered jeans, but I just want to look at the collection and see. And so I went in and immediately the sales associate said, oh my God, look, you're wearing the Miu Miu jeans. I love them on you. And then she kind of stopped and she's like, wait, are those, are they there? Are they our jeans? And I looked down and I realized that I was wearing a pair of old favorite jeans that are have like a paper bag waist, a looser, but straight slouchy leg, just that perfect hybrid between like slim and slouchy, not skinny, but still flattering, very hard to find. And I realized that, and she showed me quickly that Yumi was doing all of the same waistline treatment on their denim that season with these paper bag waists. And my jeans looked very similar to the Yumi ones, but I had gotten these years ago. And she's like, you've got to try these on. And I thought, you know what? I do really love the jeans I'm wearing. It might be nice to have another pair in my wardrobe because it is very hard to find this exact style. Well, I went and tried them on. Um, don't know what I was thinking, got swept up in the moment, I think by the compliments, they were $990. So that's, uh, more than I would ever spend on jeans ever. I don't think that's a good investment. And let me tell you, they weren't as good as the jeans that I was wearing when I walked into Miu Miu. The jeans that I was wearing that I currently own, I got years ago in Brazil at a small independent boutique. They're by this brand called Framed. I'm showing them to you here. Love. Maybe you can track them down online or on Farfetch. I've had people ask me about them before. I get compliments about them all the time and they weren't expensive. Why are they so good? Well, it doesn't have to do with the brand. It doesn't have to do with the designer. It has to do with the fact that Brazil makes amazing jeans and they do so because 
Denim is typically a less expensive item in our wardrobe compared to other pieces. And Brazil is an economy that doesn't like to import as much of its clothing and fashion because of the extreme duties on imported goods. So they have a huge market and industry around local, nationally made goods. So most of the jeans in Brazil are made in Brazil. Therefore, they are able to make really great jeans for their own population, catered to their own population, which like me, I mean, I think I must have been Brazilian in a former life because I've got hips and I've got curves and those women do too. So the denim fits me really well. So you see what I'm saying? This is not about brand or price. This is really about an expertise and a fit that works for me and made these jeans a really good investment. I mean, I wish that when I was in Brazil that time, I had invested in more of these jeans in different finishes and washes because they're so good. They were a great investment and they weren't expensive. The other thing to keep in mind when it comes to investment dressing is that there is a clear difference between fashion, true fashion, and just flashiness. We are in an era right now where just logomania is passing for fashion and it's not. If you're here with me now and have some style, it's because you have a true and keen interest in unique designs that are rooted in creativity and integrity, not logos. After all, there is a fine and sometimes not so fine line between fashion and fashion victim between, you know, on trend and try hard, that it's really important to distinguish when you're trying to make good investments. I see this so much when I'm here in Miami. I, I Don't get me wrong. I love Miami. There's some lovely people here, but this is a place that really is all about status and status derived from money. It doesn't really matter who you are, where you're from, what your last name is, or what you do. This town is obsessed with money, and a byproduct of that is extreme flashiness. It's very interesting for a person like me to be living here right now because it's actually what I think it's doing, and I, I, I take it as a blessing, as it's sometimes you need to see what you don't want to see or become or do exampled and modeled for you in order to get very clear about what you do want to do. Uh, I kind of have a bit of a contrarian spirit in me. So when I see everyone wearing head to toe logos, brands, flashiness, it really makes me want to go the other way. And it really solidifies for me that that is not what my style is about. And I don't think that that's something that any of us should be aspiring to because it's quite empty at the end of the day and performative. And it really is giving into this idea of like virtue signaling. And we all know someone or just know this to be true that a lot of times people like this are either deeply insecure and or wearing their wealth on them and don't have, as my mother would say, like a pot to piss in. They're wearing everything on them. They're trying to show you that they have status and that they're wealthy and they're not confident enough to do that in their work, their ideas, or in a more subtle manner. It's that saying, you know, that money talks, like money is very loud and that wealth whispers. I love 
that word wealth, but not as it pertains to money, as it pertains to so many different aspects of who you are. A wealth of knowledge, a wealth of passion, a wealth of compassion, a wealth of empathy, a wealth of self-awareness, a wealth of style, a wealth of creativity, a wealth of originality, a wealth of confidence, a wealth of ease, a wealth of effortlessness, a wealth of fill in the blank. What is that for you that you want to be wealthy in? And wealth isn't loud. Wealth isn't flashy. Wealth is something that you invest in bit by bit over time and your investment accumulates and appreciates. I sort of miss the Miami of like yesteryear. I just wish that I would see more of the type of figures that I thought I would see here in Miami, like the Elvira from Scarface, Michelle Pfeiffer, iconic types in like the really chic suiting and the beautiful pastels uh, where everything is just very feminine but strong as opposed to in your face and flashy. But that's okay because I'm learning. You see, if I wasn't immersed in this, then I wouldn't be probably having these moments of clarity and being able to share them with you so we can all learn. And maybe you can relate to that in somewhere that you live. I Certainly this attitude is pervasive and it's not just in Miami, you know? It's in lots of places. Please comment down below if you have a bit of a flashy outbreak in your town. I also wanted to talk about distinguishing the difference between something being classic, which we might associate with a good investment, and cliche, which has a more negative connotation. Like I've said before, if you're seeing something everywhere and on everyone and every time you're scrolling through any social media platform, chances are it's jumped the shark. Chances are it's not as much of a classic as it is a cliche. Also, chances are, and I spoke about this in my episode about social media kind of brainwashing and overly affecting your style, There's elements of this that you are thinking that you want or that you should buy or that are a good investment that are almost Pavlovian because you're just seeing it again and again and it's not rooted in what is actually a good investment for you. These signals that we see repeatedly or even just one time can make embedded impressions in our brain and make us think that that is the thing for us. Like even a little example that I'll give you that just happened to me today. I went on TikTok for a second and Emily Mariko was showing how she was making dates, stuffing them with like a nut butter and dipping them in chocolate and then putting them in the freezer. And I didn't even think about it. I only watched it for 10 seconds. And then about an hour later, I don't, know what happened. I didn't even think I'm hungry. I want a snack. What time is it? I just went straight to my fridge, opened it up and I went and grabbed one and just started eating it. And then I had a moment where I thought, oh my God, like I'm only eating this right now. I'm consuming this because I saw someone else consuming it previously. Like I'm not having this because I want to have it the message got to me. And that can happen with so many of our purchasing decisions these days. And I just want us to be extra aware of the power of social media and marketing right now that can make us buy things that we don't necessarily want or need or are good investments. 
Although that date was delicious, so I don't regret it, but I'm just saying. My point is, classics are great. Cliches, I want you to approach it almost like a game, like a video game, where little like cliche bombs are being dispersed every now and then, and you need to dodge them and make sure that you're not losing major style points and dollars in your bank account by falling into those K-holes. So it's been all over the news lately that we are in a period of extreme inflation. There's so many contributors to this, and there's so many ways that this is affecting our lives. Not only is it a period of extreme inflation, but also there's a global supply chain issue, which part and parcel with that is causing there to be an increase in prices across the board. And we're seeing this dramatically in fashion where more and more brands who already were charging an arm and a leg for their pieces are raising prices. Furthermore, they're also having issues finding skilled workers in the regions where they are making their things, plus minimum wage is going up as a direct result of the inflation. All of this is resulting in pricing surges and product shortages. Now, if I was your fashion investment banker, I would say now is not the time to buy. Now is a great time to actually sell designer items if you have them and no longer want them uh, because things are going for historically high rates. And also if you look at like just handbags, for instance, brands like Chanel and Bottega Veneta are raising their prices dramatically season over season. And it's gotten to the point where honestly, I get questions all the time. I get DMs often about handbags because I'm the type of person, I don't have a ton of handbags. I will get a few, I'll get like one or two max a year that I really love. And I wear them to the point where there's no way I could sell them because I, I'm really hard on, on my handbags. I, I, I use them. I stuff my my belongings in them and I throw them around from place to place. They're a, a companion that's useful to me. They're not just a, a way that I'm, you know, virtue signaling, like I was saying before, and showing you my wealth. I try to pick things that I really love the design of and that I think are going to stand the test of time. I have this beautiful Bottega Veneta bag that was a gift from a few years ago. And I get questions about it a lot. People asking me if they should get it as well. And if I like it and my answer is a hard no of the padded cassette bag here. And the reason for that is, yes, it's a nice bag, but I felt uncomfortable with the price of it when I was given it a few years ago. And the price has gone up by like a thousand dollars, maybe more in the past year or so. There's no way that I can recommend that to anyone. It's just too much to have to pay for a handbag. Also, if you look at kind of the discrepancy between the prices of shoes and handbags, don't get me wrong, shoes have gone way up in cost as well. And there's a lot of shoes that I just, I will not spend that on a pair of shoes. I recently returned a pair of sandals because I loved the shoe, but I was like, I can't, there's, and I'm not even that good at math, you guys, but I just couldn't justify the economics of paying that much for that shoe. But I know how shoes are made. And I know that the the construction and the work that goes into footwear, I've visited many footwear factories, the skills, the skilled craftsmen that need to be properly paid for their work and the fine materials that are used. I love buying beautiful shoes, but 
handbags are not that different to construct, I have to say. So I'm like, why are they four, five, six, seven, eight times the price? It is ridiculous how expensive they've gotten. I would say that it's better to support A, independent brands, B, brands that aren't as hot right now, but that it's a design that you love and it's not just about you having an it bag. And then C, also see if you can find something maybe at an outlet mall, maybe on the secondary market. I'm going to do a future episode coming up on all of my favorite independent brands that I think offer a lot of bang for your buck. Thank you so much for tuning in to have some style. This is a podcast that I've really wanted to get off the ground for a while now to really bring my experience as a fashion journalist and style expert to the forefront and engage in conversations that I think could be very, very helpful. I have a lot of amazing content and guests to come. So if you liked what you were hearing, I would be ever so grateful if you might be so kind to give me a five-star rating and review this podcast so that more people could be aware of the conversations that we're trying to have around personal style and how important that is and how we can all really help each other. And if you'd like to keep this conversation with me going, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Moshe Lundstrom and on TikTok at Friend in Fashion, which are both linked below in the episode notes. You can also find more tips, tricks, and fashion mantras on my social media, as well as my website, www.moshalundstrom.com, where you'll be kept up to date on future videos plus segments that I do on TV and radio, on CityLine, on CBC, on NPR. As a fashion journalist and style expert, I also write for Vogue.com, Scandinavian Vogue, and a number of other publications. I'll I'll share my work there. And lastly, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I actually have a family business called Thermacota, where we make beautiful, sustainable shearling coats and home decor inspired by our Scandinavian roots and love of the seasons. And it really is an extension of my personal style as well. So if you'd like to check that out, that's also linked below. But until next time, whatever you do, don't forget to have some style. Thank you so much.